Toad, Cats and Kittens, and welcome to yet another episode of Discontent Provider, the uh, podcast that isn't even slightly frightened of your dad or your big brother. I mean, we could, as an ageing folky and a lurcher, pretty obviously kick their ass if it came down to it, but on the whole, we'd really rather not have to. I, I just mention it in case anyone wants to threaten us with an enraged pater or an aggrieved elder freighter, should we have irritated them. Better not to, is our advice. Let's keep rancour, rage and intimidation where they belong. And that's on social media. And it is, Podcast Pals, social media that is taking up our attention today. God preserve us. Because, as you may have heard, things in that mephitic cyber sewer are not, and brace yourself to be astonished by this revelation, not necessarily all that one might wish them to be. Not exactly a disclosure that will have our discerning listener dumbfounded, I'll grant you. A digitised whirl of cat videos, instas of people's dinners and memes wrought from crude and unnuanced templates is nobody's idea of a good time should their IQ have clawed their way up to two-figure status, but we're not talking about that sort of thing today. No, the general spiritual and intellectual malaise afflicting online discourse is something to which I think we're all grudgingly reconciled by now, and a certain measure of unwarranted hostility and agonising vacuity is just something one tries to ignore as best one can. It's rather like realising that, oh yes, today is a scorcher, and it'll be nice to feel the gentle caress of dear old Mr Sun on our shoulders, but at the same time, there may very well be an awful lot of cats and kittens out there, sans tops, exposing a good deal of lobster-hued wobbliness that all in all I'd prefer not to see. One makes one's peace with things, is what I'm getting at. But what one can't and shouldn't make peace with is the idea that people in a particular profession are having their social media output monitored and documented by the authorities. One hates, do one not, to resort to clichés, but we find ourselves confronted by a situation wherein only the most hackneyed and elderly chestnuts will do. To wit, the thin end of the wedge. This hoary old favourite has been used by people for the longest of long times, and more often than not without any basis in reality. Obviously, a certain amount of official scrutiny of a cove's online doings was always going to be a potential reality, and, uh, while we may wish it were otherwise, perhaps a very necessary reality at that. Those who are suspected of organising terrorism, human trafficking, or the commercial abuse and exploitation of children do go about their nefarious businesses online, so should an official eye be cocked in their direction, that's only to be expected, and indeed, to some extent, welcomed. Where, the hysterical free speech and privacy absolutists will cry, does it end? Uh, normally, and certainly reasonably, it ends, or ought to, uh, with the shifting of expressing ghastly or repugnant sentiments to the enacting of said sentiments to a point beyond the pale of the law and into a realm where their beastliness has actual, real-world consequences. A simple enough distinction to make, you might think. And if it's applied across the board, the delicate balance twixt the public good and the individual liberty is struck to nobody's detriment, save those that are bally well due us trot of detriment in short order. Nevertheless, 
There have oftentimes been those who may or may not have an interest in plunging balls deep into either a twilight virtual world of holocaust denial or the all-too-real world of child abuse who have claimed that online safeguards go too far, that lines can get blurred and that any form of surveillance can become, and forgive me for saying it once again, the thin end of the wedge. It's easy to see that those alarmed by yesterday's disclosure that the Department of Education have been monitoring and documenting the social media posts of their employees who have been critical of their policies, from teachers, librarians, down to teaching assistants alike, might well have recourse to that time-worn phrase, but I'd still opine that it's simply not the case. Because, you see, it's not the thin end of the wedge in this instance, because there really is no wedge, or if there is one, it's being rammed thick end first into the most sensitive areas of democracy and freedom's fundament. There is no grey area here. While the redoubtable Miss Braverman may be working upon some legislation that criminalises disapproval of his managed government, and let's face it, she's working on making expressions of statements against the Israeli government an actionable offence, at the moment speaking ill of the powers that be is not a criminal act, and except for such vanishingly rare occasions where such views might lead somebody to put down the petition and pick up a Molotov cocktail, it's hardly likely to lead to any criminal activity either. Of course, whether or not any of this online snoopery is likely to lead to anyone falling foul of the justice system remains to be seen, but that's not exactly the point, is it? It has apparently already led to people with unapproved views being cancelled or deplatformed, with the DOE withdrawing funding from events at which known dissident voices were slated to speak. All this is presumably going gangbusters with the tourist perceived base. Despite their vocal outrage about censorship and the stifling of free expression, whenever somebody like Lawrence Fox isn't allowed to run a heteronormative story hour at a primary school, or whatever, I'm somewhat sceptical as to their being overly perturbed by this sort of thing. The general consensus upon the right is that the education system has for far too long been a nest of neo-Marxists hell-bent upon indoctrinating children into the arcane dark pathways of the globalist New World Order, so chances are they will view this unconscionable invasion of civil liberties with nothing but approval. I'd like to say that this was a recent development, but sadly history simply won't allow me to. The right wing have always been opposed to education, to learning and to the broadening of minds. As far back as 1807, this spirit was best embodied by the Conservative MP Davis Giddy, who spoke out against compulsory education for all, saying that it, quote, would, in effect, be found to be prejudicial to their morals and happiness. It would teach them to despise their lot in life, instead of making them good servants in agriculture and other laborious employments to which their rank in society had destined them. Instead of teaching them subordination, it would render them factious and refractory. As was evident uh, in the manufacturing counties, it would enable them to read seditious pamphlets, vicious books and publications against Christianity. It would render them insolent to their superiors, and in a few years the result would be that the legislature would find it necessary to direct the strong arm of power towards them and to furnish the executive magistrates with much more vigorous laws than were now in force. Reassuring to know that some things never change, is it not? So, having delivered ourselves of that comforting slice of history, Arkham and I will be off. 
you cats and kittens have a simply tip-top week, eh what? And until Wednesday, cheerio.